the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. Yes, indeed, it is the authority. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 29th morning of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Coming up in a half an hour, Kurt Schlichter joins us from Los Angeles. Kurt is going to talk to us about his latest town hall piece in which he reacts to the notion that Republican turncoats in the Senate may indeed be calling for witnesses in the ridiculous sham impeachment trial, otherwise known as a coup d'etat, of our president, President Trump. Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and Susan Collins all have indicated that they would likely vote to hear from John Bolton and perhaps other witnesses leading Mitch McConnell, the... um, uh, majority leader to declare yesterday that he does not have the votes to stop witnesses from testifying, which means rather than having this Schiff show again, S-C-H-I-F-F, Schiff show, and by the end of this week, it could be in the beginning stages of weeks long uh, testimony from multiple witnesses. That's where we stand. Mitch McConnell said that yesterday, and Kurt Schlichter has a few choice words, some of them not safe for work. <laughs> Some of them not safe for air, but I'm trusting him that he knows what the FCC limitations are, and he's going to tell us what he thinks of those particular spineless Republicans. Then coming up at 1035, we'll pivot away from the president's impeachment trial in the United States Senate and toward the president's policy, um, new policy of ending birth tourism. And that, of course, is what we see uh, far too often. We see uh, foreign, foreigners uh, applying for uh, uh, 
you know, with their passports coming into the United States, even on just on visits as tourists uh, coming to the United States while seven, eight months pregnant and hoping to give birth on American soil so that they can give birth to an American citizen. Uh, President Trump is establishing a new policy, trying to limit, if not end that altogether. And that, of course, has many on the left outraged. Former Congressman Tom Tancredo will be with us in the second hour to discuss that. But first, what about those witnesses? Counsel for both sides will be on the spot today as a 16-hour question-and-answer period begins. This is the fight over additional witnesses and documents intensifies. GOP Senator Mitt Romney says he'd like to hear from former National Security Advisor John Bolton. Having each side be able to choose a witness or maybe more than one witness um, on a paired basis um, it has some merit. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell told members he may not be able to stop the calling of additional witnesses. Democrats are rejecting the idea of senators reviewing a manuscript of Bolton's upcoming book in a classified setting. Yeah, that's because they only want classified what they want classified. They want other things done in the public. For example, the transcript of the testimony given of the intelligence uh, um, community's inspector general, the 18th out of 18 transcripts, the only one, however, not to be released. That has to be kept classified and in a private setting. Why? Because according to Republicans, including... um, uh, one re- Republican member of the president's defense team, Ratcliffe, who was in the room, the statements made by the inspector general are devastating to the House manager's impeachment case. So that gets to be remain classified. Gets to remain classified. They get to keep that. It's totally up to Adam Schiff because he's the uh, intelligence um, uh, committee's uh, chair, and so that they keep that quiet. But Bolton's book. Bolton's manuscript, which, by the way, is in no way under oath. Bolton's manuscript, no, we can't do that quietly. We should do that publicly and let everybody hear it as if it was the word of God. That's that's the direction that they're taking this thing. So Mitch McConnell says he doesn't have enough votes to block witnesses. At least that's how it looks right now. Well, that was as of yesterday, so I don't even know if I would say I might want to amend my statement and say right now. That's how it looked yesterday when he said it. However, according to some analysis and some reports, that just might not be true by Friday. The headlines, this is from HotAir.com, the headlines going around this evening, all to the effect that McConnell does not have the votes, are misleading when you read down into the stories themselves. Republicans sound much calmer and more resolute about ramming through an acquittal verdict without witnesses than they did just 24 hours ago in the first flush of the New York Times story on Sunday night about the Bolton book. McConnell doesn't have the votes yet, but as of Tuesday night, Collins and Romney remain the only two Republicans willing to say it's highly likely they'll vote to call witnesses. Murkowski is interested in hearing from Bolton, but won't go any further. And no one thinks that Lamar Alexander is going to blow up his buddy Mitch McConnell's plans for a quick ending to the trial. They seem to be calculating that they'd rather get torched by nine months of Democratic cover-up attack ads than put Bolton on the stand, which is cynical, but rational. Those cover-up ads are coming no matter what, after all. They could call Bolton, Mulvaney, Pompeo, even Giuliani, and so long as they vote to acquit, uh, Dems will accuse them of being Trump's co-conspirators. And it may well be that Republicans will suffer less politically from a quick acquittal without witnesses than they would if they call Bolton. Bolton. He gives damning, te- damning testimony, and then they vote to acquit anyway. 
True Bolton is probably going to give some damning testimony to the media anyway after his book comes out, but that can't be avoided. Trump created this problem for his Senate caucus. There's no way out of it without some political spin. Maybe an obviously sham process aimed at ducking material witnesses is less painful than a pretend diligent process with, in which the verdict, verdict is assured no matter what any witness says. It is certainly debatable. So, there's the, the story. It's a change literally from 12 hours ago, maybe even less. That Mitch McConnell telling the media that he likely does not have the votes to block witnesses, including Bolton, um, that may not be true. Only two have confirmed that they would be highly likely to vote to hear from witnesses, including Bolton. Only two. It's going to need four. They're going to need four. And I don't know where the fourth one is coming from. It takes a 51 to, uh, 51 to 49 vote majority, and I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know where they're going to get the fourth one from. They have 47 Democrats, and then they're going to need four Republicans. I don't see that happening. Uh, So while everybody panics right now and talks about whether or not there are going to be witnesses, let's look at two things. Number one, what if? Let's play the what if game for just one second. What if there are 51 votes to hear witnesses? What then? What happens if, first of all, actually I should back up. It's still not a guarantee if John Bolton is subpoenaed that it would just come to that because naturally, just like they said would probably be the case in the House, this is going to go to the courts. The president is going to claim executive privilege. The conversations I had with my national security advisor must remain classified. So he could go to court to stop him from testifying anyway. Now we've got a long, dragged-out process. That's number one. But number two, what if John Bolton actually does testify? and says something largely similar to what has been leaked in the New York Times by way of the quote-unquote manuscript that, by the way, again, has not been vetted, has not been corrected, has not been redacted, has not been printed, has not been published. This is all just a, a work in progress. But let's suppose that he testifies largely in a similar way to what is reportedly in that manuscript according to the New York Times. So what? That's my question. So what? So President Trump may have said to John Bolton, I want to hold up the the aid until this investigation is done, or at least until it's started. So what? Saying something like that is absolutely not a criminal act. It is perfectly within the president's purview to say whatever he wants to his aides, to his advisors, to his analysts. Because at the end of the day, what he said isn't what was done. He did greenlight the aid to Ukraine before the deadline. He did give Ukraine the $391 billion and did not require an investigation to begin in order to get it. Those two facts are simply incontrovertible. He gave them the aid. They did not have to start an investigation, and in fact, they were never clued in that he was considering withholding it in the first place. We know this because of the transcript of the call. So saying something and doing something very different than that clearly is not something that is worthy of impeachment or worthy of a trial or even worthy of a cross-question from a member of the press. So what if he said, in a moment, to his national security advisor, I want to withhold that right now. He didn't withhold that. That's the end of the game.
So, if Bolton comes up and is a witness, what then? What other witnesses are going to be called? Because they are certainly not going to uh, stop this with just one. There's no way they're going to stop this with just one witness. There's no way Republicans will agree to hear just from Bolton without demanding to hear from other witnesses. Here's what Lindsey Graham said. Here's where I'm at on witnesses. Uh, I am uh, ready to make my decision based on the record established in the House. Uh, The House chose not to pursue witnesses that were available to them. I don't want to start a precedent of just doing it half in the House and expect Senate to fix it. So Lindsey Graham is saying still no witnesses. He went on to say, if we do have witnesses, however, or if we do wish for witnesses, however, we're not going to stop with John Bolton. Additional witnesses testimony from witnesses that the House All right, we got. It looks like we got double audio going here. My apologies for that. We'll try to fix that so that you can hear just um, the uh, the clip about wanting extra or not extra, but wanting additional witnesses. So let's fix that here. And yeah, here we go. This is Lindsey Graham saying, if it's going to be John Bolton, it's not going to be just John Bolton. The question is, should we have additional testimony from witnesses that the House refused to call? Let's assume for a moment that John Bolton would say what the New York Times said he would say. The president told me to put a freeze on the aid because I want to look at the Bidens. I'm paraphrasing. The president had every reason to want to look at the Bidens. Every reason indeed. More Lindsey Graham. The defense team destroyed the House's case. If after listening to Pam Bondi, you're okay with how Hunter Biden conducted himself in the Ukraine and you're okay with Joe Biden not having a clue of what was going on, that's more about you than it is anything else. There's a mountain of evidence that the Bidens were involved in corruption. The president would have been wrong not to ask the Ukrainians to help, given what we know about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. That's exactly the point I've been making in defense of the president's statement that the phone call was perfect. Now, a lot of people condemn and criticize the president's for say, president for saying that the phone call was perfect. It wasn't perfect. It was clumsy. It was this. It was that. The reason I'm going to back him on saying it was perfect is because what he did was required of him. It wasn't an option. It wasn't where he was given a choice. Should I say this? Should I say that? Should I ask for this? Should I ask for that? It, it was literally, it was, it was his obligation because of what he knew about the corruption in Ukraine with the former Ukrainian government and the hope that the new Ukrainian president was going to be a reformer and he knew about uh, the uh, money laundering and the other corrupt activities of this uh, uh, Ukrainian oligarch who ran the company Burisma, who also was employing the son of the vice president of the United States, he absolutely had to ask about that before our money was given to them. We can't go giving $400 billion to a corrupt government to continue to do things with that money that might be against the best interest of the United States of America. The president didn't have a choice, and that's why what he did was perfect. I've got more thoughts on the witnesses angle of this story coming up that I'll share that, but I'll share those with you right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. We continue now, AM 1420, The Answer. So, 
Mitch McConnell has been telling the press that he does not have the votes to stop witnesses, or he may not have the votes to stop witnesses. And I just gave you a little bit of a response to that with some analysis from Hot Air saying that may not be entirely true. And that's a good thing, obviously. Uh, but here's another thing that you need to consider. What if he's right? What if he doesn't have the votes and 51 uh, senators vote to hear from John Bolton and potentially other witnesses? Um, what else? What other plans could there be for uh, Mitch McConnell and for the Republicans and the president's defense team to deal with that? And the answer could be very simple. Do not allow the Bolton vote to happen without it being part of a group process. In other words, don't just say, let's have a vote, and Mitch McConnell can control this. Let's have a vote on whether or not to hear from John Bolton. It should be, let's have a vote to hear from John Bolton and Hunter Biden, or John Bolton and the whistleblower, or John Bolton and Adam Schiff, who is a material witness who has made several public misleading statements about his and his team's contact with the whistleblower before the whistleblower actually, quote-unquote, blew the whistle and spoke to the, uh, the inspector general. It's a very, very important element to this because that could lead to, well, a number of things, quite frankly. It could lead to, for one, Democrats saying, whoa, 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 we can't do this. If we vote to hear from Bolton, and it also includes Hunter Biden, this could be very damaging to Joe Biden, who's our choice for the nomination to the presidency of the United States. Now, some of the Democrat senators wouldn't really be too concerned about that because they're running against Biden for the nomination. (laughs) So people like Elizabeth Warren, for example, would probably be just fine um, uh, allowing Hunter Biden to go up there because it might damage Joe Biden. Bernie Sanders in the same way. But largely, the Democrats would probably vote that down. So if you vote down the idea of voting for, uh, or the idea of hearing from, as witnesses, Bolton and Hunter Biden, Bolton and the whistleblower, the Bolton, uh, Bolton and Adam Schiff, chances are the Democrats themselves would vote against that. And then as far as the Republicans, yeah, McConnell might be right. They, there might be four, I don't think so, but there might be four Republicans who would vote uh, to hear from John Bolton. But if you then add the others to it, knowing what it's going to do to the process, knowing the, the length of time that it's going to take to hear from, especially after the court battles, the length of time it's going to take to hear from people like Bolton, and, and if they try to throw Mulvaney or other people in there, these are all going to be protracted court battles over executive privilege to keep their conversations with the president private. Um then you may have Republicans lose their appetite for hearing from Bolton. Now, not if it's going to take that long, and not if we're going to have to hear from you know five people instead of just one. They may vote. So it could be just a matter of packaging. How will the witness votes, if there is to be a witness vote, how will it be packaged? Bolton going solo is probably a non-starter. There's no way they will present, Republicans will allow that to be presented. Just John Bolton and not one for one or one for two or three for two or three for one or four for one or whatever the case might be. They're simply not going to allow that. We're going to talk about witnesses and whether or not they will be called, whether or not they should be called, and what is to be made of rhino Republicans in the Senate who make it happen. Kurt Schlichter will have some thoughts on that joining us after the news right here on AM 1420 The Answer.
935 as we continue now on AM 1420. The answer, sorry, I just had to let that song go for a little while. It's probably my favorite police song. A little synchronicity, too, for you there. All right, um, so there's going to be witnesses, potentially. Mitch McConnell has indicated he doesn't have the votes to stop them. Not sure that's entirely true. Not really sure because I know of only two that have said they are highly likely to vote for them. Murkowski is up in the air, and I don't know if they're going to find a fourth. Um, but let's suppose there are witnesses. What should the Republicans do then? If John Bolton is the first one called and subpoenaed uh, to testify before this Senate trial, joining us now to analyze is a guy who knows a thing or two about trials. He's a trial attorney in Los Angeles. He's also a retired colonel in the United States Army. He's a senior columnist at townhall.com, and he is a fill-in radio host on the Salem Network. Kurt Schlichter from Los Angeles. Hey, Kurt, how are you, my friend? All right, you got to punch Kurt up for me, like I told you. Can you punch up Kurt for me? Kurt, are you there? Okay, you got to turn him up, too. All right, I don't have Kurt. All right, uh, so that's going well. Uh, we're going to try to get Kurt Schlechter out of the air as soon as we can. Let me go back to what I was trying to say before the break, however, about some of the p- prospects. One plan for the Republicans to respond to the idea of Bolton being called to testify would be to amend any resolution calling for one witness to include a package of witnesses that, w- that assuredly would not win enough support in the Senate to pass fi- uh, with 51 votes. If the Democrats... Try to call John Bolton. Republicans could subpoena Biden, Hunter, over his lucrative board position in Ukraine and the role that that would play in the president's um, uh, predicate to asking for an uh, investigation. They could also subpoena Adam Schiff over his inconsistent, and that's to be very gentle and kind, his inconsistent statements concerning his panel's contacts with the whistleblower. Remember, Eric Charamella, the uh, alleged whistleblower, everybody knows who it is, but uh, you know so many are afraid to say, uh, went directly to Adam Schiff's staff when he heard his second and third-hand reports about what was on this Ukrainian phone call. Adam Schiff has made multiple statements that con- contradicted himself on that. If they are to call a package of witnesses, including Bolton and Hunter or Bolton and Schiff or all three of them, what do you think is going to happen? Democrats will not even vote for it. They know it would do more damage to Joe Biden um, to have Hunter Biden and or Adam Schiff on that stand or, or testifying under oath. It would do more damage to them than Bolton could do to Trump. Because no matter what Bolton says, they're not going to get 67 votes to remove President Trump from office. So they would have to cut their losses. Did, did I hear that Kurt is there? Is Kurt available? Kurt Schlichter, can you hear me? I can hear you. I'm ready right, to go. Sorry. Sorry about that. I don't know what's going on. Okay, Kurt Schlichter, uh, senior columnist uh, at uh, townhall.com. You wrote, and uh, and I'm going to ask you to remember, which I'm sure you know, NSFF, uh, which is not safe for work, NSFW rather, is uh, not safe for work, also means FCC violation. So let's keep that in mind as you talk about, uh, Kurt, what you wrote. You have some testimony to offer to Mitch, or not to Mitch McConnell, to Mitt Romney. To Lisa, or to uh, Susan Collins, maybe Lisa Murkowski, and other spineless rhinos in the Senate that might vote to demand that John Bolton and others testify. Kurt Schlichter. All right, we got problems. Uh, we got all kinds of problems now with the phones. We had them, now we don't have them. So I'm not sure exactly what to make of that. We will do our best to establish that, uh, uh, reestablish that connection with Kurt Schlichter. So I got to say hi, uh, and that's about it. 
but Kurt's Kurt's uh, piece is uh, in in uh, townhall.com, which you should probably read. And I'll go ahead and t- tweet it out uh, during the next break. Um, he is not very thrilled with the rhinos. He's not very thrilled with rhinos in general, but specifically when it comes to uh, Mitt Romney and others who are willing to essentially abandon the president and uh, do whatever they can to try to embarrass him because of their own personal protection in their given states when it comes to uh, keeping their own seats in the United States Senate is is nothing less than, than traitorous. And I want to say treasonous because it wouldn't be against the United States, but it would be against the party that you are supposed to be representing. And also recognizing that this uh, shift show, this sham impeachment hearing, was one that began long before the July 25th phone call. And, and to give it any more credibility than it has already gotten by, by calling for witnesses is just, it's unforgivable. It is. It, 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 is kind of, it is kind of treasonous. Again, not necessarily against um, uh, the president or, or against the, uh, the country, perhaps, but against the president who is um, being unfairly targeted. This is uh, some of what Kurt wrote. By the time you read this, the impeachment fiasco will probably be entering a new phase of stupidity, and the Senate will be considering witnesses because, of course, it will. The Republicans ought to flip shift the bird and end this, but they won't. So many of the GOP senators are so dedicated to pretending there is some sort of solemn dignity to their assemblage that they are always vulnerable to the Dems playing them. It happened with the Kavanaugh circus, and that's the best, by the way. That, that is the best uh, analogy. Uh, it is very, very similar to the Kavanaugh circus. And now, Kurt writes, it's happening at, uh, in the impeachment. It's embarrassing how utterly incapable some of our side is at realizing how they are being made fools of yet again. I blame their, their collective low T on all those years of subscribing to the Weekly Standard. Okay, I'm told Kurt is there again, but I won't believe it until I hear his voice. Kurt, are you there? Yeah, y'all are lying to me. Yeah, I told you I wouldn't believe it. All right. Yeah, we're not going to, I don't know, we're not making this connection happen. There's all kinds of uh, mice running around and chewing the wires, I guess, in the uh, in the uh, connections here. So uh, we're just going to have to play this without Kurt. Um, but the bottom line here, and the most important thing here, as I was pointing out before, is the GOP does have some, and Mitch McConnell does have some leeway, and they have a plan B in place. Think about this for just a moment. Can you imagine Democrat senators voting for a package of witnesses that does include Bolton, which is their dream, but that also includes Hunter Biden. Would they vote to subpoena Hunter Biden? Knowing the damage it could do to their best hope of, of beating Donald Trump, which I still say is Joe Biden? Would they want to do that? Would they want to damage and embarrass Joe Biden once Hunter Biden's dealings in Ukraine and Joe Biden's role in them are exposed Would they really want that to happen? I can't believe that they would possibly vote to support uh, any kind of a a witness package that would include damaging Joe Biden. They know that if they want to beat uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden is still their best hope. As a matter of fact, there's another story that's in the news today that I think links directly to this or or should should be... uh, um, a sidebar to this story, and that is Democrats are terrified right now. Terrified that Bernie Sanders is going to win the nomination. He could win in Iowa uh, this coming Tuesday. He could win in Iowa, and he could have the fast inside track to winning the nomination. And this terrifies them. Why? Because they know that Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, is never going to be able to win enough support in middle America 
over Donald Trump. Do you think Bernie Sanders is going to flip Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, the key battleground states that Trump won, as well as Ohio battleground state? Do you think that Bernie Sanders is going to is going to flip people who voted for Trump over Hillary Clinton and turn them to to the Democrats? They're terrified of this. There's an article Byron York uh, wrote for the Washington Examiner just days before the 2008 Iowa Democratic presidential caucuses. Hillary Clinton led Barack Obama by four points in the real clear uh, politics average of polls. Obama took the lead by a few tenths of one percentage point, literally 24 hours before the caucuses, and then he won by nearly eight points. In retrospect, York writes, things were moving very fast in Iowa in those final days before the voting, and now we are again days away from the Iowa Democratic Caucus, and things might be moving in ways we don't know. Four candidates have held the lead at various times in the Iowa race. Joe Biden led from the start, of the, uh, from the start until the third week in September last year. Then Elizabeth Warren took over and led until mid-November. Then it was Pete Buttigieg's turn. He led until the first week of January. This year brought new volatility. First, Bernie Sanders led until mid-January. Then Biden led again January 24th. And since then, Sanders has jumped back into the lead. In the last few days, two candidates, Sanders and Biden, seem to be headed up. While the other two, Warren and Buttigieg, seem to be headed down. In any event... This seems to be an Iowa caucus in which there is great possibility for last-minute shifts in voter choices. So predictions? Excuse me for that. So predictions are utterly useless. But what is undeniable is Democratic establishment nervousness about Sanders. The basic worry is he is so far to the left that the party might, might end up nominating the only candidate President Trump could beat. So this point, which is evidenced in headlines, just look at some of the headlines from the last few days. Dems tormented over over how to stop Bernie. That's Politico. Oh, my God, Sanders can win. Democrats grapple with the Bernie surge in Iowa. That's NBC. Worried Democratic operatives scramble to fund a network to take down Bernie Sanders. That's the Daily Beast. Fear of Sanders win growing among Democratic establishment. That's the AP. Stop Sanders. Democrats are agonizing over his momentum. That's the New York Times. Now, why am I bringing you all of this? They are so terrified, our establishment Democrats, of Bernie Sanders getting the nomination, that they cannot afford to let Joe Biden be sacrificed in the impeachment trial. Biden is the best hope of beating Sanders. And beating Sanders is the best hope of beating Trump. So Democrats in the Senate who want to vote on witnesses to hear from John Bolton are not going to agree to hear from John Bolton if it also means hearing from Hunter Biden. Because they heard Pam Bondi the other day, yesterday. They heard, or uh, I guess it was it was Monday. They heard Pam Bondi. She and they on the president's team have all of the facts about Hunter Biden's no-show $83,000 a month job on a crooked, corrupt Ukrainian uh, gas company or, or energy company that he got right after Joe Biden took the job as point man in uh, uh, establishing U.S. policy in Ukraine. This will be devastating to Joe Biden, and they can't risk it. If Biden goes down because of things that Hunter Biden is forced to testify to, and they are left with Sanders or Warren as their nominee, they know they're sunk. 
They cannot win in the Electoral College. They cannot win Middle America, Flyer Over America. They cannot do it with Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren. The only guy who's got a shot at that is Joe Biden. So that's the key here. That's what the Republicans in the uh, Senate have to do. They have to make sure that there is not a vote on one witness, but a vote on a witness package that includes Hunter Biden. Democrats will turn away from that in a heartbeat because they cannot afford to sacrifice Biden if it means they're left with Bernie. All right, 947, we'll get a time out of here. We're going to see if we can fix whatever little bugs are in the system and try to reestablish a connection with Kurt Schlichter for a few minutes right here on AM 1420, The Answer. We continue now at 9.52. The uh, phones are just dead, so you know what's going on here. I'm not going to give the phone number anymore today because this is going to be a call-less show. We're going to have a guest-less show as well. Uh, but stay here. The good, You know, when I first started in radio 23 years ago doing talk radio, one of the first things that I was taught was prepare your show as if the phones are going to break. Don't rely on phone calls to carry you through a conversation or through a program. You, ha- you need to have enough material to do an entire show without taking a call or a guest. I've practiced that for 23 years, and guess what? Uh, I'm still practicing it. I've got plenty of info for you uh, without our guest today and, sadly, without our phone calls. Now, if they do come back on, we'll, we'll take your calls, and I'll tell you about it. But for now, just plan on listening because I've got a lot to share. Now, I just told you and shared what some of the feelings are in the Democratic establishment, Democrat establishment, Democrat Party establishment, rather. They're terrified of Bernie Sanders winning in Iowa and winning uh, the nomination because they know that an avowed socialist, and all you have to do, honestly, is just put everything that he wants to do, free, 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 and then how to pay for it, tax, 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 put this up in middle America, and watch President Trump win in a landslide. Okay? They're terrified of Bernie Sanders winning the nomination, which is why they would never allow Joe Biden to be savaged in the Senate impeachment trial. It would be, a, it would be pointless. It would be pointless to sacrifice him because, again, it's going to be in an effort that will ultimately prove to be futile. Donald Trump is not going to be removed from office. No matter what John Bolton could say, they're not going to get 67 out of 100 senators, 67 of them, when Republicans hold 53 of the seats, they're not going to get them to turn on the president and vote to remove him from power. So at the end of the day, their efforts would be futile. Trump remains in power. Trump is on the ballot in 2020. And Joe Biden is gone. Because of what, what would come out in uh, the questioning of somebody like Hunter Biden. They're not going to do that because they cannot just trust that Bernie Sanders can be their guy to beat Donald Trump. Tucker Carlson made this point last night as well. Grabian, the multimedia right, That's not what I wanted to hear. This should be uh, up and ready to go. Let me try it again. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you what, we're having a bad day. Uh, we're having a bad day in terms of our... Uh, uh, in terms of our audio, we're trying to make the phones work. We're trying to make the computers work, and uh, we're having we're struggling on uh, all counts. We're gonna try this one more time. Here's talking. And maybe that's why the media don't want to talk about them because their job is to protect the people in charge. And by the way, here's one more story they're not telling you about in any detail: the growing chaos within the Democratic Party. 
With the first votes of the 2020 race less than a week from now, things are falling apart. Bernie Sanders is all of a sudden poised to win the first three contests in a row. Historically, that has been a guarantee of a presidential nomination. Now, Bernie's rise has been happening for months now, but like every major new development in the world, it's been slow to dawn on official Washington, which has been wholly engaged in the emotionally satisfying ritual of hating Donald Trump. But now Bernie has arrived, and he's impossible to ignore. The Democratic establishment is waking up to a nightmare, and they're horrified. No Democrat in Washington really believes Joe Biden is a strong candidate, no matter what they tell you. Talk to them privately. Talk to anyone who knows him, and they'll admit Joe Biden shouldn't even be running, or for that matter, driving. Everyone agrees it's sad to watch it. Their solution, their designated savior, is finance mogul Michael Bloomberg. So an elderly white male billionaire riding to the rescue of a party that, as a matter of official policy, hates white male billionaires. Doesn't sound likely, does it? If this were a movie script, they'd be laughed out of the pitch meeting. Come on, no one will believe it. But this is Washington, where purportedly smart people convince themselves of all kinds of unlikely things, and then go with it. So Bloomberg is the candidate they're backing, for now anyway. Oh, but please, let's stop talking about depressing topics like Chinese spying, global pandemics, and the imminent rise of socialism in our country. Let's get back to something we can handle, something small and fun like John Bolton's catty new book. That's uh, Tucker Carlson last night underscoring exactly what I was sharing with you earlier, that Bernie Sanders winning potentially the first three races. Uh, And Iowa is, of course, the first one on Tuesday, but Bernie Sanders winning the first three races would be an extraordinarily uh, strong momentum for him to winning the nomination, and they can't allow that to happen. And as you just heard Tucker also say, nobody believes in the Democratic circles that Joe Biden is an especially strong candidate. But he is, as the quote-unquote, and I'm going to use this very directly when I say this uh, in, in air quotes, moderate. He's only moderate in that he's not a socialist like Bernie and Liz Warren. Okay? He's, he's not. He's not a socialist. Now, does that mean he's, he's you know, actually moderate? No. But by comparison, he is easier to sell to middle America. He's easier to sell to, you know, the Trump fence sitters, those who are not necessarily huge fans of his, but will vote for him if it means avoiding a socialist like Bernie. They could swallow Biden. They could accept that. And that's why Biden is such an extraordinarily important piece to protect in this impeachment trial. They will not sell him out by daring to put uh, to allow the Republicans to um, uh, subpoena Hunter Biden in order to satisfy their appetite to subpoena John Bolton. Now, speaking of Biden, I want to share this with you, too. This is just kind of funny. Joe Biden's greatest selling point as a potential commander-in-chief, potential president of the United States, continues to be that he was number two on the Obama administration ticket. Because Barack Obama, in Democratic circles, is still a hero. Barack Obama, who was, I think, a devastatingly poor leader of this country in a million different ways, is still a hero to Democrats. So Joe Biden's best Selling point in the Democratic primaries right now is, hey, remember me, I was with Barack, and I will still be with Barack. Listen. So would you consider appointing Obama for the Supreme Court? Yeah, I would, but I don't think he'd do it. He'd be a great second, Supreme Court judge. Okay, second question is, which Obama?
Well, I sure would like uh, Michelle to be the vice president. <laughs> um, they're both incredibly qualified people. I mean, and they're, and they're such decent, honorable people. I found it strange yesterday that in that Republican presentation, they talked about maybe Obama should have been impeached. Well, there's a reason for that, Jolton Joe. And the reason is, is because Barack Obama, by the standards your party has set for impeachment this year, Barack Obama committed, uh, committed multiple impeachable offenses in your years together. But what I, the reason I wanted to play that clip for you, he continues to suck up to the Obamas when he's at his little mini town. Well, by the way, when Donald Trump is speaking to you know tens of thousands of people in arenas all over the country, including New Jersey last night, Biden speaking to 50 people in, a, in some VFW hall. Uh, Joe Biden continues to suck up to the Obamas, and the reason I find that funny is he said I would appoint Barack to the Supreme Court and put Michelle as my running mate, is that he can't even get their endorsement. <laughs> the President of the United States, Barack Obama, who chose Joe Biden as his vice president, cannot and will not endorse Joe Biden as president. And yet Biden continues to try to ride their coattails of popularity within the Democrat Party. Hour one is down. Hour two coming up right here after. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.